0: Well, good evening. Happy Thanksgiving. This is a uh, yeah, is a great time to come together and worship. I just come up with my friend Ken here. My name is Pastor Craig, I'm a pastor at Real Hope, and uh, many of you might know Ken if you're from First in Watertown, and then joining us too is Watertown Community. And Ken approached me probably not oh, like a month ago, and uh, just said, "Hey, why don't we get together for Thanksgiving Eve worship?" And it's just a great time to do that with churches that are like-minded in the gospel, together for the gospel in our area. And so it's great to see some of you that we don't know. And uh, I want to remind us now that we can enjoy a time of fellowship afterwards. I saw a lot of treats out there. Are you hungry? That is good. So we'll enjoy fellowship. Uh, Tonight is really just about saying thank you. It's about saying thank you for what the Lord has done in our life. And we're going to sing. We're going to read scripture and listen and be taught through God's word. And I just hope that at some point... You can just truly, whether that's when we're singing or when we're praying, just say thanks for what God has done. And if you don't know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that you would leave here knowing him. And so we're here to bring him glory. And I'm just glad that we were able to do this and do this together. And who knows, maybe it will be a tradition. So I'm just thankful for Ken and Pastor Shane and Keith as well. And they'll be leading us as we worship. So why don't we stand together and I'll turn it over to Ken here. Let us prepare our hearts for worship. Go to God's word in First Chronicles 16. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glorify in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, amen, and praise the Lord. Let us remain standing as the worship team leads us and lift our voices as we praise the Lord.
1: give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, His love endures forever. Strong Forever God is with us forever. Deal it for thy courts above. Amen.
2: Good evening. My name is Keith. I am from Watertown Community Church, and it really is a pleasure to be here with all of you this evening. Our first scripture reading for the evening is from Isaiah chapter 12, and then I'll be speaking on thanksgiving for salvation so if you have your bibles read along with me and it'll also be on the screens isaiah chapter 12 verses 1 and then 4 to 5 and i'll be reading from the Holman christian standard and the esv is on the screen for you on that day you will say i will praise you lord although you were angry with me your anger has turned away And you have had compassion on me. And on that day you will say, give thanks to Yahweh. Proclaim his name. Celebrate his works among his peoples. Declare that his name is exalted. Sing to Yahweh, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. Amen. It's a wonderful text. really does lead us to be thankful for our salvation. I actually used to be an atheist, and not the kind where maybe there's some kind of God or I don't really know, but I, I was militant, devout atheist, and I lived a life that, that, well, looked like I didn't believe in anything. And I arrived at the point in my life when I realized this is true there can be no meaning there can be no hope not that i had no hope but that hope was something i had created we had created to give us a reason to endure all the hard things in life and yet i wanted hope nothing made sense and i came to realize that there is a god but i had a problem because every place i looked Every thought system in religion told me that I could be good enough to earn God's favor, that God would accept me. But the one benefit of being an atheist is you don't really have any reason to deceive yourself. It's already a pretty pessimistic outlook. So I knew I wasn't very good. I knew the evil that was in my heart. So I thought, well... If there is a God who would accept me like this, either he's not a very holy God because he could stand me, or he's not a very good God that he would be okay with this, or if I could hide it from him, he's not a very smart God. A true God, a holy God, would and should not want me as I was. Even before I believed the gospel. I knew I deserved his judgment. Even before I knew what the gospel was, I knew that I had a problem. And it was my own heart. Thank God I did hear the gospel. Our first verse. On that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away. And you have had compassion on me. It's a beautiful and it's a wonderful truth. What I knew was that I was a sinner, unable to live before a holy God. I couldn't live a life pleasing to him. I tried, but at every moment I was confronted with my mixed motives and my own inadequacy. At Watertown Community, we're going through the Gospel of John. And in the Gospel of John in chapter eight, verse 30, Jesus says, everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. I was not just a sinner either. Jesus goes on to say that you are slaves of the devil, that I was in active rebellion against God. So why am I here thanking God? Because God, God, that God who had no obligation, he had no compulsion, there was no reason why he had to do it, but that God who should have had judgment on me, that God who should have declared me guilty because I was... That God instead sends the eternal Son, sends Jesus Christ to take the punishment I deserve. He sent Jesus who took the penalty that I deserve. And on that day when God's anger is turned away from us through the sacrifice of Jesus, we are created new. We are called new creations. We were sinners. But now, what are we? We're God's children. We're sons and daughters. He calls us friends and heirs to his kingdom. Everything we have, our lives, our new hearts, our ability to even know God and live in a manner pleasing to Him comes from His hand as His free and unmerited gift to us. That's why I'm thankful for this gospel message. So what is the right response to this awesome and this beautiful reality? Verses 4 and 5. Give thanks to Yahweh and proclaim his name. Celebrate his works among the peoples. Declare his name, that his name is exalted. Sing to Yahweh, for he has done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. How do we give thanks for our salvation? What is our proper response to this freely given unmerited gift of eternal life and salvation being brought into God's kingdom. Our response is thankful, worshipful, living. It's an outpouring of our hearts and our souls and our lives for the glory and honor of God. It's giving up our own selfish ambitions to serve and love God well. It's choosing to love others and putting their needs before our own, just as God has done for us through Christ. It's declaring the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone you meet. You know how I heard this gospel? Someone told it to me. I only knew enough to know that I was evil and that I couldn't stand before a holy God. But then a man who would become my brother... Not just one, actually, many of them. They shared with me over and over and over again until I heard and I finally believed I wouldn't be here being able to be thankful for God and his salvation that he's given to me unless I was told. And Isaiah, he says, declare that his name is exalted. Sing to Yahweh for he's done glorious things. Let this be known throughout the earth. The only way any of us are here is because other people, our brothers and sisters, out of thankful living for God, did that very thing. He saved us from our despair. It's amazing, for whatever reason, we can sometimes forget how remarkable our salvation is. We can forget that it is a miracle, an act of God in our lives that saves us and that he has purposed from the beginning to bring that news to us so we could hear and believe and have life. And now, because we have that salvation through God's work, we can sing his praises, we can live for his honor, and we have the honor of being his kingdom of priests and his ambassadors to this world. So what do we do? How do we live a thankful life? How do we show our thankfulness for salvation? We give thanks to God because he's given us everything. And then we live out that reality. That's how we give thanks. And that's how we live worshipful thankful lives. He has given us everything. So we take up our cross. We lose our life, and in doing so, we find it by spreading his good news, loving others, and loving God as he has loved us. Praise be to God for our salvation.
0: Amen. Let's stand together and sing a very appropriate song, Jesus Paid It All.
1: And I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is all Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me in space mm mm-hmm. snow.
3: At First Baptist Church of Watertown. And I am delighted to be here in part because this is a lot like heaven. And the reason that it's a lot like heaven is that we have three different churches all getting together and worshiping the same God. That's what heaven is going to be like. Heaven is going to be about a whole bunch of Christians getting together from all times, from all history, and from all of the different churches and gathering together to praise God. Now, I have an awkward confession to make to you, and that is, is that I talk to myself a lot in my head. Not only do I talk to myself a lot in my head, many times I argue with people who are not there in my head. And by God's grace, I actually win those arguments sometimes. <laughs> it's most exciting for me when I win, sometimes when I lose it can be quite embarrassing, but I'm by myself and so it's okay. Now, my guess is that it's the same for you. Some of you are, are, are thinking to yourself right now, man, I wonder, I wonder just how long this guy is gonna talk. Others of you are thinking, I saw gingerbread. I must get to gingerbread as soon as the cookies or the music is over so that I can have gingerbread. Now, I want you to know there's nothing sinful about talking to yourself. Now, we all do it, we, we rarely mention it to other people as we're going through the world, but we all talk to ourselves, and I want you to notice something that our father in the faith, David, wants to teach us tonight, and so if you have your Bibles, open them to Psalm 103, verses 1 to 5, it's going to be on the screen behind me, and then I'll read it to you, and I want you to notice something as we're reading this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, and who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, did you notice who David is talking to? He's talking to himself. In Psalm 103, for for most of the psalm, he's he's speaking to himself. He goes on in this psalm, and and he speaks to creation. He tells us that all of creation should praise the Lord. He calls on the ministers of God to bless the Lord. He calls on the angels to bless God. But he begins and he ends by speaking to himself. So it's a prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his Holy Name. And what prayer is, prayer is when we speak to God. And the way that we're most used to thinking of it is when we say things like in Psalm 119, Blessed are you, O Lord. It's when we speak to God. But prayer is also speaking to ourselves about God and before God. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And so what David is challenging us to do tonight, what he's encouraging us to do, is to speak to ourselves about how awesome God is. And what this word blessed means is, and when we bless God, it means that we praise and glorify him. It's to tell him how incredibly kind he is, how incredibly good he is, how beautiful he is, how wonderful he is. And what we're gathered together tonight to do is to bless God by giving thanks to him. One of the ways that we bless God is by giving thanks. And King David shows us how we prepare ourselves to bless God. We praise Him for His benefits, the the multitude of good things that He gives us. So when we're going about in the world and we have this, this mental free time, God wants us to remember His benefits. And what the Holy Spirit is teaching us tonight is to say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. What we're supposed to be doing as we're moving around in the world is that we are supposed to pause and we are supposed to say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and then we're supposed to remind ourselves of the benefits of God that flow to us like this, this rushing Niagara Falls of, of compassionate love to us. And so we're supposed to, to think on the blessings that God gives us, the, the little blessings like, like caramel apples, Now, I know in Wisconsin that you you like putting nuts on them. It's okay, I still love you. But it's so much better if you just do straight caramel on top of a green apple. Absolutely amazing. We are supposed to bless God for that. We're supposed to bless God for deer hunts. And so as my my brother-in-laws are coming down from the Twin Cities, they're asking themselves, how many deer did you see in pickup trucks on the way down from St. Paul? It must be a bad season. They didn't see any this year. We're supposed to bless God for that, but we're also supposed to bless God for exquisite and and deep things like God forgiving us for our grossest sins and iniquities. Our Lord's kindness flows over us because of the life, death, and resurrection and the intercession of the greatest son of David, Jesus Christ. And it is our Lord Jesus who redeems us from the pit. He he redeems us from hell just as we were singing. He he pays the debt that we owe. Because you see the the punishment for, for coveting, the, the punishment for despising your neighbor for, for lusting and for, for drunkenness and, and for lying and, and for being a self-righteous Baptist pastor from Watertown is actually hell. And on the cross what Jesus did is that he paid the ransom that we owe. Our debt was the eternal suffering of hell, and Jesus experienced the wrath of God for us, and we are forgiven because Jesus died and he rose again. And then Jesus goes on, and what he does is that he heals our diseases. And the way that Jesus heals our diseases is by taking death on himself. Because Jesus experienced death on the cross. He felt all of the pain from barking your shins to to that awful nausea of chemo and, and that weakness of radiation treatment. King Jesus not only purchased us the, the little joys of this life, but he allows and he establishes and he maintains and he gives us the temporary healings of our bodies. And the wonder of all of this is, is that if we will come before God and we will Thank him truly for what Jesus has done for us, that our sins are forgiven, that we we don't have to do anything. When Christ returns or calls us home, we will be perfectly healed. And in heaven, we will experience the fullness of the spirit of God, And we will see God and we will reign with God in heaven. And then the words, he crowns you with steadfast love and mercy will be true in the sense that we as, as former sinners will be perfected and we will be in heaven reigning with God. And in the new Jerusalem, we will live forever with God who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like an eagle's. In this life, we experience a, a foretaste of such things. We, we experience the foretaste of heaven as our, our churches gather together and, and worship our God together. But we do not experience complete joy. And so what we are supposed to do as is, is we're going through this world and, and we're speaking to ourselves, we we begin to, to make a, a monologue into a dialogue with God, and we begin to thank him for all of the benefits that we have remembered yet at the same time we can thank God for our current sorrows and I, and I want to say this with care we, we don't thank God for the pain we, we, we don't thank God for, for the thing that hurts us but rather we thank God for the purpose of that thing and God's purpose for that thing is to stir up a desire and hope for heaven folks do you know that this is not your home I need an amen. Thank you. I knew you were talking to people. I could tell when we started. This world is not our home. And part of the reason that God brings suffering into our life and part of the reason that we can thank God for it is that that suffering brings our hearts and desires closer and closer to heaven. And so we can move through this very world. We can experience the many joys that God gives us, but also the suffering. And in our suffering, we can pray for Christ's return. And so the encouragement that David has for us is that we can prepare our hearts to give thanks by speaking to ourselves. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Soul, don't forget God's benefits. Don't forget pumpkin pie with whipped cream on it. Don't. Do you guys know that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could taste that? Guys, there's no pumpkin pie in hell. And Jesus died so that you could have pumpkin pie in part. But Jesus also died so that you might spend all of eternity with him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, because God gives us modern medicine and it limits some of our pain bless the lord oh my soul that god has not completely cured all of our pain so that we will desire heaven and we will know that christ has not yet brought us home bless the lord oh my soul for all of his benefits bless the lord oh my soul because god has made a way to save us from hell my soul praise god because he is holy he is compassionate On sinners. He's compassionate on the self-righteous. He's compassionate on the atheist. He's compassionate on the notorious sinner. He is compassionate on the little sinner. He is an all-compassionate Savior. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. What we are doing tonight is we are coming together to bless our God for his benefits. Bow your heads with me just for a moment of prayer. Our God, we come before you and we give thanks to you for the forgiveness of sin. We give thanks to you, O Lord Jesus Christ, for making it possible for God to be merciful and kind to us. We thank you, God, for the health of our bodies and healing through medicine and prayer. And God, we thank you that this world is not our home that you still allow us to suffer so that you might draw us ever closer to you and that you might wean us from the joys of this life. Thank you, God, for redemption on the cross. We thank you, God, for peace now and in eternity. We thank you for pe- contentment and strength. God, we thank you that we have much to thank you for, and we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus.
2: Is the only-
1: My worth is not in what satisfied in Him alone. My soul is satisfied in Him alone. Amen. You may be seated.
0: This is a good thing to do together as churches, and I have an awkward confession too. I argue with Shane in my head all the time, but I always win. I will be, uh, talking about Thanksgiving in hard times, and we'll hear a testimony about that And the text that I'll read from is 1 Peter, verses 3 through 6. It says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In this, you rejoice. And specifically, this is talking, as we'll land in the testimony, about trials, as we've touched on tonight, the suffering that has purpose, as Shane briefly mentioned. But the context you need to understand for this letter Peter is writing, as he begins in understanding this, we have to look at how he introduces this letter He writes it to the elect exiles of the ancient Near East. This feeling, as Shane hinted at, that this is not our home. These exiles scattered around persecuted church, and and he's writing to encourage them. And the encouragement by the instruction and the greeting in the first couple verses is that he says, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Seeing there are these three things that he encourages these brothers and sisters, you were chosen, not just known ahead of time by God, but handpicked by God's love, grace, and mercy, his covenantal affection. And then he says, you're going to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. You're going to be conformed and transformed in the image of Jesus Christ." through all that he would do and all that he would bring into their life. And he said for its purpose of being obedience obedient to Christ, to conversion and then to live as a Christ follower, sprinkled by his blood, that Christ's work at the cross was once and for all allowing us to enter into that covenant with God and that continual cleansing we called progressive sanctification as He makes us holy. Grace and peace multiplied. And it's important to note that, that he says grace and peace multiplied. Peace being the the greeting, Hebrew greeting, shalom, and now in Christ this grace that has been lavished. He says that's multiplied to you again and again, especially in difficult times. And this gives perspective and shapes all we encounter as believers to know that in the text we read. He praises God for his salvation and say, blessed be God. His great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Great mercy, the cause, the resurrection, the means, living hope being the goal. Jesus' resurrection means our resurrection. It means it's not all there is in this life. We have this beautiful inheritance, he says, imperishable. It doesn't die. Undefiled, it is perfect and unfading. It doesn't change. Or it can't be lost with anything that we do. And then he writes this, that it is kept in heaven for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I sometimes worry about that. I know some believers worry, like, will it really be for me kept there? The second part is most powerful in this text. We who be guarded by God's power through faith for salvation to be revealed. It's kept for me, but I, listen to this, am also kept For it if that's not encouraging tonight i don't know what is friends i i say this honestly and i'm sure you can relate every day i can shipwreck my faith every day it's a battle that's just how i feel most days that's why this promise is so good to me without this verse being true left on my own i would go to hell tomorrow that's how strong my faith is at times Question for you, what makes you think you'll wake up a Christian tomorrow? How do you know for sure? Verse 5 is how you know for sure. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation that is being revealed in the last times. Through faith. It doesn't depend on me to have enough faith, or to be kept or held, and we see that by God's grace. If you go back, I want to read briefly from Luke 22. This is an amazing thing. The author here, Peter, recounts—I'm sure—as he was writing this by the Spirit's power and aid, recounts this encounter with Jesus in Luke 22. You remember this story well. Jesus and Peter meet, and and, and Peter, knowing who Jesus was, and already confessing that. Jesus says this to him, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. He was telling Peter, you're going to be tested and tried. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. This is amazing. Peter is recalling this memory. Jesus told him, Satan wants to sift your faith. Satan wants to shipwreck your faith. He wants to devour it and crush it and, and steal it. He wants to do that in your life. But what does Jesus say there? He says, but when you have turned again. Now, did Peter's faith fail? He denied Christ three times, but it hadn't failed completely, not because of Peter, but because of Jesus. Jesus kept him. God had guarded him by his power. That is amazing. To me, Even in our weak moments, when we are overcome by suffering and trial, it is God and his grace and power that keeps us and guards us. That's perspective before you can get to verse, verse 6. So he says, From that, in that, because of that, in this, you rejoice. Though now, for a little while, it's our life, right? A vapor? Just a little while. If necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. He talks about trials. As Shane said, they they have purpose, and we don't thank God for the pain. We thank him for the purpose behind the pain and through the pain. We know these trials identify us with Jesus, and they sanctify us, and they are hard. I'm not, you know, many of you know, our story and our journey. I feel like Carrie and I have been walking this for eight plus years of just really hard things. And it's not to minimize the hardness and the pain at all. They truly cause grief. That's what the text says. You've been grieved. These things hurt in your life. But they have purpose ultimately resulting in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Friends, we hold to that and we celebrate and give thanks to God for that, even when it's difficult.
1: No!
4: Scripture reading for this evening is from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As we go from here tonight, let us remember Christ, our cornerstone, and all that he has done for us. And let us be thankful. And as through his spirit in us, we cultivate an attitude of thankfulness, we know that we will be able to do all in word or in deed in his name and unto his glory. Let's uh, continue standing and we'll sing together in closing the, the doxology.
1: Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host Praise Father, Son, and Holy